Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. You are listening to Scoop B Radio. What's going on? I hope wherever you're listening from, you and your loved ones are safe during this COVID-19 period. Hey, this is the producer of Scoop B Radio, DJ Manuel. I would just like to take the time out to give a big thanks for the listeners to the pod. We did record numbers last month. So on behalf of Scoopy and myself, thank you for the four years of supporting Brandon on his media journey. If you have a few minutes to spare, please fill out a short listener survey. Go to scoopyradio.com slash poll. You can also share your opinions about the show so we know what works and what we can do better. That's scoopyradio.com slash poll. S-C-O-O-P, the letter B, R-A-D-I-O, dot com slash P-O-L-L. Don't worry if you didn't catch any of that. The link will be in the description. You're listening to Scoopy Radio with Brandon Robinson. E.K. Manny. Manny. Scoopy Radio. You know what's official if Barry Bond said, yo. The best in the business. That's word Scoop. You either tuning in or reading the word from Scoop. He give you the business. He show you the proof. If Scoop B say it, you know it's the truth. Sports and entertainment, he gave you the mix. Some of the biggest interviews, he gave you the fix. On iTunes, the number one podcast, the joint and the journalist, the GOAT, so why ask? Watch out, watch out. about it? If he naming them, scoopy.com, do numbers like Chamberlain. Pin game is a gift, got the gift to gab. If he say it is gospel, it's as simple as that. Now pay attention and you can see the way it go. Enough of this talking. This is Scoop B Radio. You're listening to Scoop B Radio. Get on his Instagram now. At follow Scoop him. B. At Scoop B. Follow him. Yes, sir. Scoop B Radio. Radio. Oh airwaves on the plane, on the train, everywhere you need to be. I am Brandon Scoop B Robinson. Make sure to follow me on Twitter at Scoop B. Instagram and Snapchat at Scoop underscore B. And make sure most importantly that you subscribe to the Scoop B Radio Podcast, which is available on all streaming platforms, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, iHeartRadio, or simply by visiting ScoopBRadio.com. 2.1 million streams last year. And one of the reasons why is because we have newsmakers who appear on and 
tell their story. And that is no different as on the line today, we have my main man, Dr. Marcus Bright, who is not only a scholar, political commentator, and educational administrator, but is also uh, the district administrator for the 5,000 Role Models of Excellence Project. Marcus, welcome to Scoopy Radio. Hey, Scoop, thank you very much for having me. Of course, man, there's a lot going on in the news right now. It's not coronavirus, then it is brutality and civil rights and more. And um, you know a thing or two about that. Um, what have you kind of been doing uh, as a scholar or looking at and just, I guess, paying attention to um, some of the civil rights issues that are going on with, with black folks right now? What are, what are you, how are you um, being active in, in some of the things that are going on? Well, I've been blessed to, to be an administrator uh, for the 5,000 Rural Models of Excellence Project, uh, founded by Congresswoman Frederica Wilson 28 years ago, a big dropout prevention and mentorship program. It's embedded in several uh, school districts in Florida and also in Detroit, Michigan. But our hub is Miami-Dade County Public Schools. We have big chapters of boys in 110 schools. And we've been trying to do all that we can to continue to provide holistic services uh, to them academic support, social skills, mentorship, and uh, it's just been, you know, it's, it's really been a, a big change for us in terms of just trying to reach them, continuing our mission of disrupting the school-to-prison pipeline, and obviously everything has had to go now virtual. You know, we usually have programs every day of the week uh, from different field trips uh, to different comp- conferences and symposiums, and so we've had to just turn a lot of that uh, on all of it, really, uh, over to uh, to the virtual space, utilizing Zoom calls, text messages, trying to make sure that students students are getting support and trying to be proactive about getting them the services that they need. And, um, and we service boys of color, um, you know, and a lot of you know we're in 34 high schools, uh, a lot of elementary schools, you know, uh, 47 elementary, 47 middle, and K-8 centers, and so the whole gamut. And just still trying to keep it going, um, you know, but just adapting to this new normal and looking at the challenges and the opportunities, a lot of new opportunities. So we aren't limited. Uh, you know, we've missed seeing the students face to face, but now we aren't uh, limited to just the walls of a, of, of a school, but we can collaborate with different schools. We can bring in different experts who may be uh, situated in other parts of the country. And so we're just, we're just trying to make the best of a school. I would imagine, and, and you kind of touched on it now, Scoopy Radio on the line with Dr. Marcus Bright. You uh, discussed the new normal and digital space. I would imagine in, in mentorship, you think of face-to-face communication. You think of, you know, the whole added to take the village and more. But, I mean, the digital space um, and dealing with uh, all that you're doing, I would imagine that that's very, very different. And it's, a, and it's an adjustment for everybody. How have you personally adjusted to that? Well, we we really just tried to lean on the relationships that were built, you know, throughout the course of the year. And I think the biggest challenge for us as I think for schools in general is just number one, finding the kids. A lot of uh school districts and uh educational institutions that have had trouble um getting to all the kids who would normally show up to school. And so number one, making sure that they're in attendance. And then number two, finding different ways to keep them engaged and focusing on the quality of the content that you're providing and trying to meet them where they are, depending on their 
grade level. Uh, so a lot we're dealing with a lot of seniors, a lot of upperclassmen who are who are trying to think about their next steps uh, in terms of after high school. Um, you're going to college, you're going to uh, to different career spaces, and 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 we and we're seeing our economy changing uh, before our very eyes. And here in South Florida, the cruise ship capital, uh, tourism capital, uh, international uh, tourism destination, and a lot of uh, our industries have been completely decimated. You look at many of the, of the cruise lines uh, having mass massive layoffs, uh, hotels closing down. Um, whoever would have thought South Beach uh, closed down? You know, all of the restaurants and all the all, all of the entertainment. Uh, not to mention a lot of other industries, as you've seen um, across the country in terms of layoffs. And so we're we're looking at uh, the future, uh, the future of work, and tr- still trying to prepare our students, uh, for, you know, for what's to come, and to try to stem the the learning gap. There's going to be some learning gaps here. Uh, because the students are not getting, I mean, you're going to have, you know, you may be looking at five, six, seven, eight months of students not uh, being, not learning as, as well. And uh, it, it could be particularly devastating for some of our most at need students, you know, who may have uh, more troubling situations at home, uh, be they social, be they economic, uh, you know, be they psychological, just trying to, you know, trying to meet the needs and trying, but still trying to, Instead of mentors or instead of, uh, you know, instead of services coming to the school in person, us trying to spread them out and try to get individuals who have different expertise and who can offer different opportunities uh, to our chapter meetings uh, to, to be able to intervene in these boys' lives in a different way. Tell me something. Um, you have uh, published a lot of um, written work over as a contributor to Huffington Post. Uh, and Legrio, to name a few, you've also taught, you know, public administration and public policy um, at Florida International, Lynn University, uh, Mecca Everest College, as well as uh, University of Massachusetts Amherst. Um, education is something that has shifted because of the coronavirus pandemic. Um, and as you mentioned, it affected entertainment, it affected the NBA and, and Major League Baseball. But uh, in all seriousness, you're looking at, you know, kids at home. With their parents, their parents are basically becoming homeschoolers um, for their children, and the teachers are sending off the work. Um, it's something I've been curious about, and maybe you can answer this question. Um, if your kid is sitting at home and your parents are homeschooling you, what tips would you give um, parents on, um, I guess, them building a curriculum? Like, do you just stick with what the school is teaching you? What additional steps? Would you suggest, uh, as, a, as an educator, professional such as yourself, um, that parents teach their their kids in addition to what the classroom or what, what the teachers are giving them as well? Well, one of the biggest challenges is that uh, students are uh, complaints that I'm hearing is that students are are getting the assignments, but no one is is taking the time to actually uh, to to teach them. Because uh, so, so for parents, uh, it's going to be important to Put your children on a regular schedule. Uh, try to create uh, some positive academic momentum, um, and, and just encourage them to put the time in and utilize uh, utilize the online resources. And understand, but but you know also don't forget to, to have patience. Um, you know, establishing 
uh, deepening your relationship with the teachers because you know you may need uh, pull a teacher one you know one on one or call them or have a a, a personalized Zoom call or, or what have you to get the assistance that you need. I always tell my guys, hey, it's yours, it's yours for the taking. It's not yours for the having. So you have to be mm-hmm. trying to encourage our young men to really be proactive and be aggressive about getting what they need because it's not going to just be handed. It's not going to be handed to them. At, at, at this point, and I think that's the importance of, uh, you know, I think everyone is seeing the value of educators uh, now in this space. But I think that you know, parents is just going to have to, you know, as parents, parents are going to have to push themselves also to get this information, how to utilize the, the online resources, if it's YouTube videos, if it's uh, Khan Academy is a, is a good resource. But there are a lot of great online resources out there. Uh, depending on the grade level, uh, depending on the level of expertise, but, I mean, a lot of depending on the class. If you're in a high-level math class, and a lot of parents may not have that competence, and so you're going to have to you're going to have to utilize some of these additional uh, resources. But I think that if you, if parents, if everyone, if everyone will make an additional uh, an additional investment in trying to, um, you know, you they're going to have to teach themselves a lot, a lot of the times, but. Maybe this will, if you build some positive momentum, um, this will help to stem the traditional summer learning gap, and students will be more uh, self-starters. Uh, they'll, they'll, uh, uh, they'll develop a, a, a self-discipline uh, that they can, you know, that, that they'll be able to uh, self-educate themselves to the extent that they can. And then when we get back online and, and back to traditional schooling, uh, we'll have both the in-class instruction, but then mm-hmm. students will be uh, more adept to utilizing the, the resources that they can, you know, that they can pour into themselves. And so it's going to be, uh, it's, you know, it's going it's to be a tough period here and a big transition period. I think that a lot of, I, I applaud a lot of people. I've seen a lot of districts making a lot of heroic efforts. Our superintendent in Miami-Dade County Public Schools, Mr. Alberto Carvalho, has really uh, spearheaded a, a a, a real movement to try to get a device, a laptop or a tablet into yeah. the hands of every student. Uh, and, and you have to really salute uh, companies like AT&T and Comcast who have uh, expanded their digital access and trying to increase broadband access. And so we're all, I think that we, when we get to the other side, uh, we'll be, we'll, I think we'll see that the, that the digital divide, um, that, that the gap has been closed. I think that uh, that we'll all be more adept and uh, at using technology and, and using these virtual spaces, uh, and 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 and, that, and ultimately we'll be able to provide a better holistic education. It's just going to be a, a learning. It's going to go through some growing pains in the meantime. For sure, Scoopy Ray on the line with Dr. Marcus Wright. Marcus, you and I, you and I connect on the basketball level. Uh, we've talked many times just about legacy: uh, Jordan, Michael, LeBron, Kobe, and more. Well, Jordan and Michael are the same guy. So, but yeah, Jordan, Kobe, and LeBron, and, and some of the others um, that that um, you know are great. Um, your perception uh, from watching uh, Michael Jordan or the Chicago Bulls Last Dance documentary is what? I think that it's an incredible look at. Uh, you know, anytime you get a chance to take a behind the scenes look at it, a real deep dive and evaluation. As someone who's the best to ever do something. So, in my opinion, Michael Jordan is the best basketball player to ever play the game. And so, to, there's so many lessons, uh, so many things that 
that that transcend basketball and can even go into into different facets of facets of life. I think uh, I think one thing the point that really looked at me was I think that Jordan, uh, his development, he went from being a great player mm-hmm. uh, to be, to being a great leader. Mm-hmm. In terms of in terms of this one thing to push yourself. And I think that you saw that early in his career with all of the scoring title, uh, to push yourself to do something, right? To be mm-hmm. outstanding at something. But he knew that to be a champion, his talent had to be plugged into a championship system. And that he also had to push his teammates, uh, not just physically, but make sure that they were mentally tough, uh, to be able to get through the obstacles. Uh, 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 they, there was a big section and I'm, I'm close friends with Isaiah Thomas about, uh, his battles with the bad boy, so-called bad boy, but that those Detroit Piston teams of the late early, late eighties and, and early nineties that were exceptional, exceptional uh, teams, both from a physical and a mental standpoint. And uh, those battles of, the, of Detroit sending Jordan home early uh, ultimately made Jordan a better player. It made him sharper, it made him tougher, uh, and and ultimately he was able to push his teammates. Um, to, to ultimately get over that hump, but that's what made him a champion. His battles with Detroit ultimately made him a champion, and you saw the growth, uh, the growth in him as a leader. Now his, uh, you know, his leadership style is, uh, you know, you know, there, there, there are different ways to get to it. You know, that was obviously ultimately successful in terms of producing championships uh, for the Bulls, but I think that it was a great in-depth lift in-depth look at no matter what level of life uh, you, you are, you're going to have to deal with organizational dynamics, with team dynamics, with different egos and balancing those and, and being able to maintain focus. And so I think that there are a lot of transferable uh, elements of the last dance in that documentary that uh, anyone can apply uh, to their own life. For sure. And you mentioned um, Isaiah Thomas, uh, NBA Hall of Famer. Um, and your your rapport with him and your relation, your good relationship with him. Uh, you uh, worked at, at FIU, and if I'm not mistaken, um, you worked um, within, I guess, the education department as the director of outreach and program development in Miami Dade County Public Schools. How did that cross over between you working at Florida Atlantic and and during the time when when Isaiah was there? When did you guys actually cross paths? And so uh, at that time, I was over academics for the for the basketball and a, a, a large portion of the football team at FIU Florida International University. Okay. And Isaiah Thomas was first named head coach for the basketball team, and my brother, uh, my younger brother, was also a player. He was his Isaiah's first year at FIU was my brother's senior year, mm-hmm. um, and so and, and through that we just developed. Uh, we developed a great relationship, and I gained a tremendous amount of respect, you know, not just for uh, for Isaiah's you know, acumen and competency as a basketball coach, but more importantly, uh, who he showed himself to be as a man and how much he cared about the development of his players and his students, student athletes off the court. I remember him flying in a lot of experts uh, from – uh, from the University of California at Berkeley, where he was also studying. Uh, and he eventually got a master's degree in education from Cal Berkeley, but he would fly people in uh, from, from all over the country to speak to his students 
and make sure that they were socially conscious uh, to give them skills that they would not may, may not traditionally get uh, in a traditional classroom setting, and just the care uh, that he had about people and the community effort is his efforts in Chicago where he's from. Mm-hmm. A lot of a lot of which, uh, you know, a lot of which never may never may may uh, make the news, but a lot of just the, the lessons and efforts in terms of trying to stop youth violence and working with Father Michael Flagler and others there on the ground, organizing different peace tournaments and a lot of a lot a lot of community efforts uh, in his hometown, Chicago, here in Miami. Uh, in New York and across the country. And so I just developed a, a tremendous, I have a tremendous amount of respect for Isaiah as a man and, uh, and, and, and the kind of value system that he tried to embed in his players. No, that's real. Scooby Radio on the With Dr. Marcus Bright talking all things basketball, education, and more. Um, what did you learn uh, about Isaiah working, I guess, at the same place? About, I guess, what did you learn about his basketball IQ uh, while you were working alongside of him at FIU? I think that he had the same kind of competitive fire uh, that you saw in the documentary from Michael Jordan, hmm. uh, <laughs> and he he would instill that in his in his players. And I can remember, I mean, little things. I remember before his graduation, I was out in uh, in, in Berkeley, California, mm-hmm. and uh, one of the, his assistant coaches, they were playing a game of checkers. He was right before reception, and he was treating the game of checkers like it was the NBA final. <laughs> and the other guy, and the other guy was kind of goofing off, and before you know it, he had, I mean, he had dominated the board, but the lesson was that uh, he had to have a, a ultra- an additional level of, of, of mental focus and mental stamina, even in that, uh, you know, even you know, even in that, and now I think that you see that transferred even in his business success with uh, Trillon Champagne and, and and all the other different business endeavors that he's done in terms of real estate. Uh, that level of additional focus, additional mental, the mental aspect of the game, mental stamina, uh, mental focus, and I think that that's something that he, that's something that. He generated growing up, you know, tough, tough upbringing in terms of uh, economically, very poor west side of Chicago, um, in a violent neighborhood, uh, you know, having a, you know, almost three hour one way commute, you know, to St. Joseph High School, uh, becoming, you know, becoming an All American in high school, playing under Bobby Knight. You know, winning NBA championships, all, all of those. He, he 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 took all of those lessons, and he's the only one. He's the only player to beat Magic, Bird, and Jordan in their prime to get a championship without another top fifty player. And so I think that speaks to the you know to the to the mental, radio. the the mental ability, the mental capacity, the mental understanding and stamina, and intelligence that Isaiah had on and off the court. And I think that you even see that even even in his he's a top level uh, NBA commentator now. So I mean, you even see that in in the uh, in the analysis that he delivers. For sure, Marcus. What's next for you? What's next? Hey, that's that's a good question. That's a good question. Uh, <laughs> you know, uh, most of my background has been in, in higher education, um, and uh, you know, I really when the, when the Congresswoman Wilson. 
you know, asked me to come and, uh, you know, be an administrator with the 5,000 role models. I thought it was a very unique opportunity. I don't think it is. There's not a another organization that I've seen that touches as many uh, young boys of color in one geographical area. And, you know, you have the kind of autonomy to really be really innovative about making a difference and being able to touch so many. I mean, you're talking about, you know, 10,000 boys just in mind the kind of public schools that are in our program. Uh, so I think, you know, I'm just taking it one day at a time, Scoop. Um, just trying to make a difference, as much of a difference as I can uh, with this tremendous vehicle that I've been blessed to have access to. Uh, and, uh, and from there, we'll see. Uh, we'll see. But we're just taking it one day at a time right now. <laughs> That's it. You heard it first. How can people find more information about everything you got going on? Okay, so you can go to www.5000rolemodels.com for more information on the 5000 Role Models Directionist Project. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter, Dr. Marcus Bright. On, uh, on Instagram, also, Dr. Marcus Bright or Dr. Bright 5000 Role Models. Or you can just, if you Google my name and Huffington Post, you'll see about 100 articles that I published. So that may be what's next. I need to write more. I need to do some more. I need to get back. Uh, you know, to you know, to producing the kind of writing that I used to produce. So that's that's part of that's part of the next on the horizon. Outside of just trying to trying to do uh, what I can on behalf of these young boys. For sure, you heard it first, good brother. The good news is this: you off the hot seat. <laughs> hey, I appreciate you having me, Stu. Of course, my man. You gonna talk down the line? Thank you so much for coming on, and uh, stay safe out there, good brother. Hey, thank you very much. This is Scoopy Radio saying, you bring the coffee and I'll bring the Dunkin'. Come on! Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. 